is up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of the Share the Road podcast. Chris coming at you, and I'm flying solo this week. Nobody on the show with me. I want to give an update on all the things that I've been doing since the quarantine. One of the big reasons for me starting this whole podcast is to kind of document my journey as an endurance athlete. So here's a little bit of a personal update. I think you guys are going to find this interesting. Maybe this is where you're at. Maybe this will give you a little bit of guidance to where you will be or some ways to help kind of prevent you from making some of the same mistakes I have. Now, I've been listening to a ton of audiobooks, and by ton, I mean I'm on my third, okay? But the first one I went into was Born to Run by Christopher McDougall, and it is an amazing book, a great narrative of this great race held down in the Copper Canyon in Mexico between some of the greatest runners in the world and the greatest running culture in the world of the Tarahumara. And really just, they weave this story of this great race with a lot of the historical genetic background of humans running. Really an outstanding and interesting book, whether you're a runner or not, it's really fantastic. After that, I started listening to Scott Jurek read his own book, Eat and Run, and that talks about his nutrition as a plant-based athlete and his journey to ultra-running greatness. I'm going to actually talk more about that later because that one had a, both of those had a profound impact on my running. And then right now, I am reading Rise of the Ultra Runner by Adharanand Finn. It is a cool book. I'm having a great time getting into that. I've been watching a lot of Seth James Damore's videos on YouTube, uh, catching up with some that I had missed, and keeping up to date day to day on his videos. He just did a time trial uh, this past Saturday in lieu of a race that he was supposed to have. And then I've been watching ultra documentaries and running like a fool. All right, so I actually want to start off with the running like a fool part because I have made a terrible, terrible mistake. I've talked before about how I've learned my lesson about using easy runs and how I need to take rest weeks. Well, that is certainly just not the case. I'm just going to be honest. I think I have been having issues since I ran Mountain Mist at the end of January. Um, I All that downhill, my body wasn't really ready for it. I hadn't trained for it, and I've been having some IT band issues and a lot of tightness on my right side. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had some issues in my calf and into my ankle. I took some days off, and then I got right back into it. And then Sunday, I did a 5K time trial, and I hurt my ankle again. I went out to run on Monday again like an idiot, and I got about a third of a mile into it, and I was hobbling. Yeah, I mean, and it was really... I'm just going to be honest, it was really a hit to me um, mentally because running is pretty much what my life is kind of revolves around. I 
run in the morning before work so I can take care of things. I read about running. I research running. I eat so I can run. Um, all these things go into that. And so I've kind of created this identity into running. So anytime I get hurt, whether it's major or not, I just have this like all the world ends moment, you know, and I'm an obsessive individual. Um, when I, when I get hooked on something, I mean, I'm hooked on it and I fixate on it and everything I do revolves around getting better at that thing, which is a fantastic trait to have most of the time. But then there's a lot of times that it's not so fantastic and can really affect me mentally. And my emotional responses tend to be a little bit dramatic from the get-go. You know, I, I think uh, worst case scenario off the bat, um, I'm usually able to kind of fight through those things. Um, I've certainly gotten better with it as I've gotten older. But certainly that Monday when I had to stop my run, whenever I was so looking, I mean, I look forward to my run every day to have to stop and hobble back and sit down and just be like, wow, I couldn't do that. And I don't know when I'll be able to do it again. It was it was really, really just hard. Um, and I did. I had this just doomsday mindset of it. And so I went ahead and I did a strength workout instead. I was able to do some leg stuff without uh, hurting my ankle. And I was able to ride the bike the next day. But I'm really thankful for my dad who always has great advice when it comes to this stuff because he has been doing endurance sports, as I've said on the show before, for a long time. And he basically just said, hey, you know what? You train hard. And it's a catch-22. When you train hard, yes, you see those gains and you see those improvements, but that also means you have a higher risk of injury. It's just part of it. And from he says from his experience, he's usually come back from these injuries stronger than he was before. And, you know, I think that that's been true with me as well. When I got injured in the fall before my marathon, I came back stronger, a better runner. And so I think kind of what's happening is I was actually able to do a 5K for Project Rise today, and I didn't have any pain. I had a little bit of like, hmm, but n nothing that was alarming, like, hey, I should stop this. And so it's obviously something that's going to go away. Now I'm going to finish out the week doing cross training. I've been on the bike, but these injuries that we get, I, I certainly now believe is a way of my body saying like, dude, put the brakes on, take a step back, please. You are killing me. All right. So now I really have to take a look around and be like, holy crap. I have been an idiot. I mean, I've been trying to build my mileage base leading into May. My goal is to have a solid mileage base of about 50 or 55 miles a week that I can put down healthily each week. And so I've been putting on one or two miles at a time. Now, after this injury, I kind of went back and I looked at my Strava and looked at how many miles a week I was putting down. And, you know, this is my first time regularly putting down over 40 miles a week. And it is actually one, two, three, four, five, six weeks in a row 
that I've put in over um, 40 miles. There was one week that was at 30 miles, and that was because I had calf injury. And before that, I had two more at 40 miles, and actually three more. So I have not really taken a step back to allow my body to adjust, to recover, and to get to a point where it's like, all right, that's that's what we're going to be doing each week. Let me rebuild and get ready. So I guess this has been kind of a reality check. Like, hey, man, you are you are building and training like an idiot. You are not giving your body the rest that it needs. Now I'm getting a lot of sleep each night. I'm getting eight to nine hours of rest, making sure that my body can repair. I've been doing ice baths and Epsom salt baths, but when it, you can do all this stuff, but at the end of the day, you've got to give your body time to adjust. And I think one of the big reasons that I have gotten lost in giving my body that time to adjust, not only because I'm kind of a dingus and, um, I kind of have that young male mentality of like, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. But I've been on Strava a lot and I've been watching these ultra marathon documentaries and I follow a lot of pros on Strava and they're throwing down like a hundred something miles a week. And so I'm like, well, I'm just doing 40 miles a week. You know, I'm doing 45 miles a week. I should be able to continue doing that. But the whole thing with it is, is that's my body's not there. I don't have their body. You know, like my body has not done this before. And it was back when I was listening to the ultra running conference that I, I kind of should have taken this one piece of information a little bit more to heart. And that is this sport requires patience. You need to give your body time to adjust and recover. You can't just go week after week after week after week of just growing and improving and improving and improving and taking a week to recover is improvement. You're allowing your body to rebuild and to continue going instead of taking the four or five days off due to an injury, right? So that's where I've been at. Uh, that's where I am right now. Uh, if you get on my Strava, you'll see that I only have three miles this week instead of what I normally have. However, I've been able to get on the bike. Okay, so I am fortunate that I've got a uh, Wahoo Kicker. I've got a Zwift subscription, so I'm able to get on there and I can ride. Now, this was invaluable to me when I got hurt back in the fall and I was out for a couple months. How And so I've decided that, hey, you know what? I'm going to take the rest of this week, even though I know that my ankle, it's probably good. I can go and run, but I'm going to take this week and Hell, I might even take next week to just ride. I might put down 10 miles or so uh, running, but I'm going to do a lot of strength training. I'm going to do a lot of rides, and I'm going to continue to... I'm building momentum, I'm building fitness, and I'm building strength, and my running isn't going to suffer. It's going to get better. So by the time that I decide, hey, you know what? My legs are back to where they can be. I want these IT band problems, and I want my um, uh, calf and ankle issues to be gone by the time I come back. I saw a really fantastic runner out of Louisville uh, post today that, for all of us that have fall races, we should all be setting PRs and no one should be injured because we have so much time to rest, 
and recover and still train. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, he's right. He is absolutely correct. And so I have decided, like, hey, you know what? Take a step back. You don't have to cram all this stuff in as fast as you initially thought. I, I believe I'm going to reach out to some of my friends and see if somebody will help me draft up a training plan to continue to build my mileage that'll give me something to follow along with uh, just to help give me a sense of accountability on doing my rest weeks because I'm really just not good at it. I'm good at telling other people like, hey, all right, you've worked out for three or four weeks. Now let's take a, let's back it off, let your body recover, and then we'll get back to it. I'm really bad about that. And so I, I think that that's something I'm going to do. I'm going to seek out some help. And luckily I'm in a fantastic community with a lot of knowledgeable and great athletes who I know will be able to lend me a hand. Now, I had talked about Strava and looking at a lot of these people on Strava. Uh, when Hadley uh, came on the show and we talked about the benefits of being on Strava and uh, having that accountability of people being like, oh man, that person ran today, I need to run today. And I mentioned that that can also be a negative and usually I've been pretty good about staying out of that mindset of, oh, that person ran today, I better go out and do it. Like, I don't need that motivation to keep me active, but what I've noticed is it started being something that's making me overactive. It's making me overtrain. Because, or if somebody's like, hey man, we're all gonna go run, you should go run with us, which is lately not as much of a problem as it has been in the past, but I need to realize that there are some times when I just need to say no. I need to take a break. I need to step back. And this all applies even if you're not putting down 45, 50 miles a week. Even if you're just starting running, you need to be patient. All right? You don't need to be running as fast as you can every time. You don't need to be throwing down a mile extra every time you run. That's just way, way too much. So just... Word of advice for everybody, no matter where you are on your running journey, make sure you are taking time to rest. And on top of taking time to rest, I think another thing is I started neglecting some of my strength stuff as well. I think when you're building a mileage base like I am, or if you want to start building your mileage, you need to make sure that you have the muscles for your body to support that as well. That even when your body is tired or your mind is tired, your muscles are able to support what you're doing. And that'll, that'll keep you from getting injured as well. So I've been doing a lot more of that. I'm going to keep on the bike, which leads me to my next exciting thing. I got to go on an outdoor ride today. Yes, it was gorgeous weather. I clipped in to my giant TCR and I went for a nice cruise with two of my great friends. And, you know, it, it was just really nice. It was my second ride of the day. Um, and 
it, it just feels really good to be back on the bike. I can already feel my legs getting stronger. Um, it's a little bit more of a muscular workout, uh, hopping on the bike on the road than it is running on the road. So that was really awesome to get to do. It, it really felt great. So I'm excited to be able to do that in lieu of running for the next week or so. So that is all for the I am a dumbass fool uh, as far as my running training goes. It's taken me a long time to find the supplement company that gives me what I need. And what do I need? I need whole food ingredients. I need stuff that's going to work. And I have found that at Red Con One. Yes, Redcon One provides whole food ingredients in their protein powders. If you get the MRE, you are getting a full meal replacement. That is based off the military meals ready to eat, but you are getting a full meal replacement that has an oat base that gives you the calories and the carbs that you need. If you don't want all of that, get the MRE light. It's got less of the oat-based uh, stuff less carbs however it still has that whole food protein from real foods that one is an animal-based protein however if you're like me and you're on a plant-based diet fear not they have a vegan protein powder as well that is still based on real food proteins that is their green beret i've been using their green beret it mixes great it tastes fantastic i love to use it in my smoothies and it just gives me everything that i need they also have a fantastic branch chain amino acid mix called breach their flavors are fantastic it doesn't leave that chalky taste in my mouth that i usually get with other companies bcaa's I am telling you, Redcon 1 is the way to go. And right now, you can get 20% by using my discount code, T-C-A-B-E-L-L-2-0. That is T-C-A-B-E-L-L-2-0 for 20% off your order right now. However, you can get more than 20% off. They have discount codes all the time, and you can still get hooked up to use my code in the future if you make sure to put in the reference that you are recommended by Chris Abel. Go to redcon1.com or download the app and start getting legit supplements today. Now, the next thing that I would like to talk about that has come across my mind during this whole quarantine thing is the similarities between being a practicing musician and being an endurance athlete. Um, I studied music education at Murray State University, and my focus was as an instrumentalist, and my instrument was the classical guitar. Now... Like I said before earlier on the podcast, I have a very obsessive and just fixated mindset. Um, whenever I'm on something, I'm on it. It's all I do. Um, and whenever I came back from the military, I started practicing classical guitar five hours a day. I would wake up extra early in order to get to the practice room, to get in um, 
about two hours, two and a half hours before my first class. And then I would run later on after class was over. And then I would practice for another two, two and a half hours. Um, and so, and it was honestly just because I enjoyed it. It wasn't because I, that's what I needed to do to get by. Uh, but I just wanted to be good. I wanted to play the more difficult pieces. And so that's, that's what I did. However, uh, being a musician, there's a lot more that goes into it than just playing the pieces. And so I'm kind of going to, because I really think that this is quite interesting. Um, a lot of times it seems that we have this mindset of uh, you're either a musician or you're an athlete. You know, you, you can't necessarily be both, but that's certainly not the case because there's certainly lessons and parallels that um, where the two are related as far as the discipline and what goes in to being accomplished at either of those things. Now, as a runner, a cyclist, or a swimmer, you have to do drills, or you have to warm up. You have to work on your technique in order to do certain things. So, in the running realm, I have to make sure that I stretch. I have to make sure that I am getting uh, the preparation that I need in order to do my workouts. And when I do my workouts, I can't just do the same workout all the time because I'm not going to get any better. I'm not going to improve. If I just go out and I do 400 meter sprints every day, that's not going to help my marathon time at all because I'm not doing any long runs. Uh, same thing goes if I want to get better at running a 5K. If I want to be faster at running a 5K, I can't just go out and do long runs all the time. So you have to make sure that you are getting a healthy diet of all of these different concepts. And those are hill work, intervals, uh, tempos. Um, and also throwing in easy runs and long runs. So you have to get a healthy mix of all of those things in order to be successful at running. Now, the other part of that, too, is you can't just run five miles every day all the time and then race all the time, just constantly racing, racing, racing. Because what's going to happen is your races are going to be mediocre as hell. You're just not going to be very good. You're going to stay the same or you're going to get worse until you get hurt. All right. So you have to make sure that you are building up to all these things that you are preparing correctly. Now, how does that compare to being a musician. Well, if you're a musician, you're already thinking, holy crap, that makes sense. That's exactly what you have to do with an instrument. But for those of you who don't play an instrument and don't know what goes into it, I'm going to give you a little bit of a window into that. So when I would practice, I would sit down and the first thing I would do is I would make sure that I was awake and that I was going into the practice session with a very uh, emotionally unattached mindset. Um, and the reason for that being is that there's going to come to a point in that practice session, if I'm doing it correctly, if I'm playing the level of music that I should be playing, where I'm not going to be able to do it yet. And I have to work up to that point. And if I get frustrated, I'm not going to get any better. 
I'm I'm just going to continue practicing and practicing and getting worse and worse and more frustrated and playing it worse. So I have to make sure that I'm going into it with a very emotionally unattached perspective. I can reattach those emotions when I get to my performance, right? And that's the same thing with running. When you're going and doing a workout, look, bad runs happen. Bad rides happen. You have bad workouts where it just wasn't what it was supposed to be. And that's okay. That is totally all right. You need to take a step back. You go, you finish your workout, or if you're hurt, if you're just not feeling it, don't finish your workout. You know, if it's one of those things where it's like, man, work is really stressing you out and you haven't been getting a lot of sleep and things are crazy at home, the kids are running amok, don't finish your workout. It's a way of your body telling you like, hey, man, just just take this one. All right. Now, if it's something where it's like, oh, man, this is hard. I need I need to push through this. Then, yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, so that is one thing is that I make sure that I'm emotionally unattached. The next thing is I do is I start working on my scales, which if you don't know what a scale is, think do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. That's an example of a scale. So basically it is an organized line of notes that moves up and down in a specific way. So I haven't sang in a while. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. That's a scale. So on the guitar, I might play bum, 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 except I play it different ways in order to improve my technique. Maybe I play it with just my pointer finger and my middle finger. Maybe I play it with my thumb and my uh, uh, pointer finger. All of those different things go into ways that I can get better by playing my scales. And so I look at all these different things and I continue to warm up and that is a specific moment for me to work on one piece of technique. What does this remind you of? It should remind you of those different types of runs. Hill workouts, intervals, long runs. Those work on specific things. Before I even start working on my actual music, I have to make sure to go and work on all those things. The music, like an actual piece of music, so say I'm doing Everybody Knows for Elise, right? Like da 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 da. Now I never played that on the guitar, but that's just a good example that everybody can know. Um, if I just go in, a piece of music is like race day. All right. So working on a piece of music is like race day. Um, if I only work on music and I only work on learning new pieces of music, those mu- pieces of music are going to, I'm going to learn a lot of stuff, and I'm going to be able to play a lot of different music, but it's all going to sound pretty bad. It's None of it's going to sound very good. So, And that is exactly like race day. If you are not doing the, a healthy dose of different workouts, and you are racing every weekend, well, guess what? You're going to suck. And the same thing goes with your instrument. If you're just playing all the time uh, different pieces, you're not going to be very good. Um, I, I just really think it's very interesting, the parallels in these things. And I think that being such a devoted uh, instrumentalist while I was in college prepared me, I, and I, 
I'm a little embarrassed to say, but I believe that running has replaced that in my life at this point. I am kind of, it's kind of my new fixation. Well, not kind of, it is. But now that we've uh, have all this time with quarantine, it's currently our spring break from school, so I'm not having to prepare any virtual learning. Um, so I've gotten the guitar back out, and I'm getting back into playing, and I am having an absolute blast. And after a practice session, I was getting, I was doing some reading on uh, different running workouts and different um, uh, recipes because I've, I've started being plant based. I'm going to talk about that here in a second. Um, but it it just struck me like, wow, it is insane the similarities that are there between being a uh, devoted musician and being a devoted endurance athlete. So those are just two things that I really wanted to share with you. So as I mentioned before, I have been getting into listening to audiobooks, and the one I just finished up was Scott Jurek's Eat and Run, which... Make sure if you download this audiobook, he just released a version of him reading the book himself, which is really fantastic. The great thing about this book is he includes a ton of his own plant-based recipes, and they are legit. They are absolutely legit. So, actually through reading this book, not only am I getting more and more hooked on the concept of moving to trail running, but I have also been, I was kind of a 80% plant-based diet athlete. However, this book convinced me to go ahead and try out making the entire switch. Now, that being said, uh, from time to time, every now and then, I, you know, I'm not like hooked on it to where I just absolutely can't touch anything else. I'm kind of going to go the route of, if I can also uh, reference Born to Run, uh, of the Tarahumara, who, even though they are plant, they are a plant-based society, mostly because of finances, they won't not eat meat if presented to them. So that's kind of the route I'm going to take. I'm going to try and limit it to, you know, maybe a once a month thing that I can kind of have whatever for a meal. But for the most part, I have gone full-blown plant-based, and I am now in my third week of doing so. And I have already seen a fantastic increase in my energy. Um, I can eat all day long in order to meet the uh, nutritional needs and the caloric needs that I need, which I is that's fine. That's great because I love to eat and I just have a renewed excitement about cooking and eating in general. I'm having a great time exploring new recipes and new ways of cooking things. I'm learning uh, better how to use spices and that these things go well with this and that. And so it's really been an outstanding journey so far. I'm going to be talking more about that in future episodes. So that's kind of one thing I've been working on during all this quarantine business uh, because well, I just certainly have a lot of time, but what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and figure out ways that I can have a plant-based diet and how to prep for that, because obviously a lot of that is produce that uh, goes bad. So I'm going to find out what foods do well with freezing or what foods don't do well with freezing. So here in the future, I'm going to start sharing some of those recipes that I find with you guys and find some things that work out really well for me. Um, 
one thing I know that I'm making a lot of to kind of help make uh, to get what I want is guacamole. Uh, guacamole is a great way of quick energy and quick power, and it's really good for you. A lot of healthy fats in those avocados. And the way that I make my guacamole is I get two avocados and one jalapeno pepper, cilantro to taste, one half of a tomato, one half of an onion, and I mix it all together, mash it up, and then I put in a half of a lime, uh, ju- uh, juice half of a lime into the guacamole. And it is really stupendous. And that usually lasts me about three days. Uh, you don't want it to last more than three days. Otherwise, your guacamole turns a little brown and you don't want that. All right. So that is the first simple thing. And just something a little bit more about my running journey I've been getting into. I am now plant-based. I'm going to try and not talk about it all the freaking time because it's it's kind of like crossfit if you're vegan you always have to talk about being vegan however i am not vegan because i have things that are made of leather and other things of that nature so i am not a vegan individual uh my dog also eats food that is made of meat so nope we are not a vegan household i am on a plant-based diet All right, friends, I think that just about wraps up all that we have for this week. There is one more thing that I want to talk about before I uh, say my goodbyes, and that is uh, I've been seeing a lot of stuff going around about, hey, here is blah, blah, blah that you should do to deal with COVID-19. Here's how you should be dealing with your finances. Here is what you should be doing uh, to get to run uh, during COVID-19. Here is what you should be doing to get in shape during COVID-19. Here is what you should do for meals. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And when I see a lot of these things, I kind of have to cock my head because it's like, wait a minute. This is stuff that you should just be doing in general. All right, so if you are taking the time, like, for example, I am taking the time to administer a plant-based diet. Now, that being said, whenever all this stuff wasn't going on, I was eating very healthy. I was eating very clean. I was using whole foods. I wasn't getting uh, crap from any kind of uh, fast food restaurant or buying any processed stuff, Uh, but... Make sure that these new things that you're adding to your lifestyle, you're thinking and preparing now about how you are going to continue doing them whenever all this stuff does settle, because we are going to make it through this. As my man Andy says, we will get through this. We'll get through this together. Make sure you're making your plan for how you're going to continue running when the job comes back around, for how you're going to continue using that great budget whenever your job comes back around, all right? Uh, Once your income starts coming in again, were you able to live off of the budget that you made during the quarantine? Well, maybe you should apply that budget and start putting some things into savings. Uh, Now, I'm not a financial guru or anything like that, but it is certainly something to think about that, well, if all of these are things that can be done you know, during the quarantine, take a look and see how can I apply these new great habits once all of this is said and done. It's just getting a little, I actually 
I was talking about this with one of my friends. It's it's just kind of hopefully this is a positive and that people are able to keep this up. Um, I've seen an insane amount of people. Now I I've I run cold weather, warm weather, and so whenever usually whenever I go out for a run here the past few months because it's been freezing cold, there's been nobody out. So I was like, well, yeah, I can go out and run because nobody else will be out there and run. There's been nobody else out and running for the past uh, like however many months, and I forgot how many people are outside whenever it's warm. And I certainly didn't consider how many people would be outside whenever there's a freaking quarantine. There's tons of people outside, and so I have to really rethink my routes in order to social distance. Um, But make sure, please, friends, that you are thinking of ways that you can uh, make this work when real life comes back. Okay, whenever things go back to normal. Um, if you are getting into running or you're getting into cycling and or you're trying to change your diet and you don't really know how you're going to make that work whenever the real life comes back around, make sure you shoot me a message. If you're looking for new ways to get into running or you're like, man, I, I don't really know everything that he's talked about today as far as the different workouts please shoot me a message. I would love to give you some guidance uh, in, in order to help you along your journey to adding running to your life. I, I get messages personally on my personal accounts all the time, and it is just something that brings me great joy to be able to help people. So please do not hesitate. Well, that's going to do it for me this week. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to me ramble about where I'm at in my uh, endurance sports journey. And hopefully you were able to gather something. Maybe you've had that same epiphany here recently about your training, or maybe you've been looking for some audiobooks to tune into, or you've been curious about a plant-based diet. Uh, let me know what you thought. Let me know what you learned. Let me know if you're in that same spot, because man misery loves company (laughs) so hey guys thank you so much again i we tried an initiative a couple weeks ago of hashtag find the joy um kind of flopped i get it it's whatever uh if you're out running or you're doing an activity how are you finding ways to stay active please let me know. Uh, Send me a photo of you being active. I would love to share it on the Share the Road page. And that page can be found on Instagram at Share the Road Pod or on Facebook at Share the Road Podcast. You guys are absolutely the best. I've gotten so much feedback on the episodes the past few weeks. Please continue to listen. It means the absolute world to me. You could be listening to a million different things and let them fill your ears, but you chose this. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. We'll be back next week and hope you continue to stay healthy, stay six feet apart, stay home, stay healthy, and virtually share the road. Thanks, guys. Able out.